Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. Um, and it's a really special day today because we've got a very special guest. Um, and it's also the first time we've done this kind of live or it's not... Uh, in person. Yeah, it's in person. It's not over the the interweb. So uh, welcome John Elson. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so John's a, a friend of mine. We've been, we've known each other for oh, many, many How long? years. Well, I, I, I've never existed in a world where I didn't know John Elson. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon f- 50 years. Well, I'm 54, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's... maybe 53 and a half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we're ever in the same congregation, were we, no. John? No, no, we weren't. But we we played football. Kind of together. knew of you, and we played football on a we Sunday did. night, didn't we? But then yeah. again, you were always in the opposing team because <laughs> I think the teams were done by congregation as well. Strangely, weren't Often. they? Yeah. Often. I guess yeah. it's an easy way to just team you up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you've got loads of youngsters in one congregation, it's just like <laughs> you're just like this is unbalanced. That was actually the only time I enjoyed being a witness. Really, was was football. The football. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed an extra few years because of the football. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I was terrible at it, really bad at football, but I liked I liked the camaraderie. It was good. The... Yeah, it was good. Um, so um, so yeah, so welcome welcome to the podcast, uh, John. You you're also important to us because you are our caricaturist. You're ah. the the artist behind all that lovely artwork that we yeah. promote our podcasts. Um, so you do all of that. So it's mm. all good work. And uh, yeah, thanks, oh, thanks. for thanks for doing that for us. Well, that's what I do now. That's mm. that's my full time profession. Yeah, I'm very lucky. So we'll 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 get into all of that. Okay. So, um, so John, um, we normally, if we can, just get a little bit of background about you and your life in the organisation. We we interview lots of different people, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about your background um, growing up as a as a Jehovah's Witness? All right. Well, um, originally born in Liverpool. And my parents came into the became became members of the Jehovah's Witness when I was one. I was a babe in arms, so I've never known anything else. Yeah, that was that was like in the sixties, really. So we were in Liverpool for quite a long while. The guy who brought me dad into the truth uh, was called Jack Winterbottom, which we always seem to find amusing. I don't know why, but just because <laughs> he had that name, he used to me. giggle about it. Yeah. Um, and then we moved to Peterborough, Market Deeping, actually, and were witnesses there. Lived in a village. And uh, my mum and dad were quite happy, and you know we were, they were quite good witnesses mm. then. And we were a little family unit. There was me. I'm one of five. I'm in the middle of five. Right. I'm the middle middle child syndrome. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So grew up around Peterborough. Mm. So for years and years, just pooted along in the truth. 
But then, unfortunately, my mum and dad got divorced when I was about 13 or 14. Right. My mum, um, for various... I don't mind talking about it. My mum was um, disfellowshipped yeah. for being unfaithful. Right. But she still stayed at home in the house, as I remember, okay. for quite a few years. Mm. <clears throat> but wasn't going to meetings. And then, eventually, she left the family home. And we were left with dad, five kids, and this, this father figure who, who I didn't know at all. Right. Didn't know my dad. Huh. Which... Um, we can talk about that if you want. My dad was quite a distant character. Yeah. In lots of ways. He worked abroad. <clears throat> so suddenly my mum left the family home. There we are with this strange guy at the end of the table. And, um, yeah, we stayed. I, I think that had a bearing on the reason why I, I stayed as a witness mm. longer than I perhaps should have done. Right. Really, out of regard for my dad. Mm. So that where I am now, I've, I haven't been a witness for quite a long time. I left, I, I bet it. It must be 20 years ago. Coming up for 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. In fact, I think it is 20 years ago that I left. Yeah. Um, my marriage broke up because of because of that, because I was married to a witness, of course. Mm. But I'm, I'm in a good place now. I'm really happy now. Remarried. Yeah. And um, living in Peterborough and drawing cartoons all day and every day. Fabulous. Doing what I love. So what was it that that made you decide to leave? What what was? Can you tell us a little bit about that process? Why did you leave Jehovah's Witnesses? Um, I suppose the witnesses. Do you remember that phrase "double-hearted"? They talked about people mm. being double-hearted. I even as a little boy, you know, when I was about the age of eight or nine, I always had questions. These questions in my mind, the things that didn't add up. I couldn't make a lot of sense of the meetings. The mm. meetings seemed quite deep to me as a little boy. I didn't understand what they were talking mm. about. So I used to sit and read the Bible. Right. In, in the meeting. So I spent yeah. five hours, because we used to go to meetings for five hours a week. I sat there reading scriptures. Yeah. And I've got this little theory that most Jehovah's Witnesses don't read the Bible. Right. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I'll come back to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they quote it and use it, but I actually don't think many of them read it. When you read the Bible, the questions that came up, for example, I, I mean, starting Genesis, I, I thought as a little boy, God invented weapons. Right, God okay. invented. God introduced swords mm. to man. Mm. You know about this? Well, if you think about the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden yeah, 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 had yeah. a whirling sword. That's right. So, if you take that as literal, which Jehovah's Witnesses do, mm. the first time and use of the word sword is in the Garden of Eden. I thought, oh, that doesn't make sense at the age of eight. <laughs> <laughs> and there were lots of other things. I read, I read the story of Joshua where the sun stood still. Do you remember yeah, that battle? I do. Mm. In Joshua, mm. where he, he he said a little prayer, yeah. and God made the sun stand still for mm. a day. Yeah. Right. Well, I was I was reading that and thinking, what? Now we know our place in the universe <laughs> yes. and where the Earth is. Yeah. How on earth? Why would God, in order mm. for a few hundred men to have a little battle over mm. here in this corner, yeah, make the whole of the universe stand still? And it just there was there was lots of stuff like that could go on forever. Mm. And I thought this is bizarre. So I always had this double right. side to me, mm. even though I. I think I became a good witness. Yeah. I was good at. I was good at it. I did it properly. Mm. So there's like this. This there's this part of you that is critically thinking about the things that you're reading, yeah. and I guess hearing as you get older. Um, but then there's this other part of you that is just wrapped up in being a good Jehovah's Witness, going on the ministry, yes, giving talks, all that sort of stuff. Yes, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's interesting you said about that because literally yesterday, Mum was saying something. Someone was saying that isn't a witness. I was like, "What? What do they believe?" And then we were trying to explain in a very quick way because we we're like at the shop. <laughs> um, but then we were like, and Mum was like, 
I don't know, I've not really read the Bible, <laughs> you know. So oh. mum said she's not like, she was like, well, we've mm. read the bits they tell you to mm. read. Yeah, of course. And the bits you're told to study. But I've not like sat down and been like, I shall read the Bible, you know. Yeah. So that, that when you said that, it's like, yeah, literally yesterday mum said, well, I've not read the Bible. Oh. In, because, yeah, I think you're right. You you do homework. <laughs> you do the coursework, basically, that they sort of set you almost. And then... Well, you were encouraged to read the Bible, in fairness. They did. Yeah. You were supposed oh, yeah. to read yeah. it every week and keep up with the um, Bible reading for the week, yes. wasn't there? And, and mm-hmm. you talk about it in the meeting. Um, but they'd only, obviously, focus on certain bits. Mm. So you'd read big chunks of it and then you'd Move have on. a talk about a little mm. bit of that. I think I've always... With me, I've always had a logical mind. I've mm. always thought things through logically. And, and the problem with the witnesses was everything had to be true. Yeah. It all had to be true. Yeah. Or none of it was in yeah, my yeah. mind. Mm. Do you know? Once you'd found one thing that... Well, not that I was searching for something wrong, no. but once you found one thing that didn't add up, that meant that all the other stuff you were being told needed investigating. And that's yeah. kind of what started to happen to me. So, yeah. for example, you read Genesis. There's two creation accounts in Genesis, right. one of which says that the plants were there before the sun. Yeah. Well, we now know from the scientific point doesn't of view that, out, that does doesn't it? work. No, no, it's just not right. No. And you get into the flood and what happened. And it, there, was, there was lots of things where I thought, mm. don't, don't understand this. I used to love the story of Samson, for example, in Judges. <laughs> yes. I used to search for it and find it eventually, the story yeah. of Samson, because he was like the whole wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was like the Hercules of the Bible. Yeah. Well, there's one bit in there where he spends the night of a prostitute. That's right. He goes on and into her. yeah. And, spe- and I thought, what? Even as a like eleven or twelve year old, I knew what a prostitute was. Yeah. And I thought that doesn't sound right. <laughs> he was a judge. He had God's right. spirit upon him. Or some of the characters. And no one can answer this stuff for me. No. When I was a little boy, I used to I used to go and tug on the circuit overseer's <laughs> jacket after the meetings and go, "Excuse me, um, all the days of the week are named after yeah. moons and different gods, gods and all yeah. the months of the year are named after." Mm pagan deities are we going to have to change all the names in the new order mm. I used to say, let's say who is this boy you know <laughs> who is he but it makes sense though if you draw yeah. like the conclusions like you can't do Christmas is answers. too pagan so you can't do that so then you're like but what about the days of the week then yeah. if it's come from pagan stuff as well yeah like it's just the logical conclusion I, I, of that yeah I do believe um, there was an attempt made um, by the society to introduce different days. Was there? Um, if you do, I've I've seen it somewhere on Twitter. Um, <laughs> if you go back to some of the kind of you know the uh, Russell and early Rutherford days, I mean, there's some batshit crazy stuff. It really is, and some of that is. Um, I think you'll find. So, what were the days somewhere. named after? Can you remember? I can't so remember. Did you have, we'll have, did you have Russell them. Day and Nor Day? <laughs> Yeah. What's the day? Nor day. Oh, right, okay. We'll have to find it and then we'll say that's when yeah. our podcast goes up on what Sundays, whatever Sundays are, and yeah. Wednesdays we'll find the out. The witness name. I don't think it caught on. Yeah. Tell me when to stop and you yeah, can edit okay. all this, of course. But um, <laughs> I used to read the stories as well, Moses and the Exodus, and it used to worry me. Why was this almighty God, Jehovah, yeah. worried about Baal so much. Mm. Why was he so worried about Baal yeah. all the time? Who we now, <laughs> nobody even thinks about Baal. It's a non-existence, isn't it? Yeah. Worshipping in the high places of Baal. And mm. I now know when I, that I needed my, my final straw to cleanse myself and rid myself of all the 
gloss of being a witness yeah. was I had to find out who Jehovah was and where he came from. Interesting. When, well, I mean, I'm you, you know, I'm I've discovered that he was one of the pantheon of Canaanite gods right. and got adopted into the the faith. Mm. It came through the Midianites, didn't it, and the Genites. So I suddenly discovered that Jehovah, Yahweh, and El were all pagan gods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, that's it now. I know. I now know where Jehovah came from. That's the last thing that. Yeah, I was listening to uh, a, another podcast, um, and they had a guest on that. I'm going to try and get on on the What's It a podcast, um, whose name escaped me right now, unfortunately. But he's a he's an academic. He's written few books about this sort of stuff and um you know looking at it from from a perspective of the people around at the time you can see the way that the bible is a you know it's kind of like a propaganda piece really Mm. Uh, like the flood for instance there's lots of flood legends and and in lots of the other legends it's a wicked act that the the causing a flood is a wicked act that god is wicked you know he's a bad bad god and obviously in the bible account um well, God had to do this. There's a real, you know, there's a, this yeah. is the right thing to do. He's cleaning the earth, and you can see that there's a there's a an attempt made to differentiate this God from the others. Um, but it's quite interesting to to actually look at the history of it all. Yeah, it, that it used to really upset me. The Bible, mm. book of Bible stories. Yeah, and the picture. You know what I'm going to oh, say, don't you? There was a well, picture so of many. the deluge. Yeah, <laughs> but there was a picture particularly yeah. of a woman holding a baby. That's right. And it's about to be washed away and the baby's crying. I mm. thought, yeah, think about that. That means God committed genocide against humanity. Yeah, yeah. And wasn't, didn't worry about the fact that he was destroying babies no. and disabled people and all, you know, just every type of human. I mean, the body count that's huge, isn't it? Apparently. <laughs> but then it's going to be again, isn't it? If Armageddon yeah. is true, the witnesses... Yeah. I mean, I've, I've upset a few witnesses. I've said it's the death cult. Yeah. Because they wish death upon people. Yeah, yeah. They don't think they do, but they're praying yeah. every day, thy sure. kingdom come, yeah. thy will be done, kill most yeah. people, please. Right. Yes. Yeah. And they're, they're becoming more open about it, I think. You know, with, with the advent of the the movies, the dramas that are now filmed, you know, so in our day it was uh, people with big bushy beards on football grounds. Yes. Um, yeah. You know. I was in a drama. I did oh, a couple cool. of dramas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Miming along to an American soundtrack, waving my arms around expansively, (laughs) because you're in the middle of a football field surrounded by 15,000 people, so they've got to see you really exaggerate, speaking in, you know. Yeah. So, so okay, so um, we could we could go on with this for forever. I love talking about it, but. so you you you've obviously you've got these doubts and so on, but you carried on for quite a while because you did. you became quite um, quite a prominent member in the congregation. So what, what sort of things did you do? Uh, what, a, what do you mean? What led an me to work? You and, I became uh, an elder eventually. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a struggle, but I got there eventually. <laughs> yeah, I was a um, regular pioneer. Yeah, for many many years. Yeah, um, I think what happened because I because like I say the family breakup. Mm. All of a sudden, the witnesses. I, I think now it was a different time. It was the late late seventies. I think now we would have gone into care, or social services would have got involved oh, in right, a way they really? didn't at all. Okay. What did happen was the witnesses all rallied round. So I kind of got adopted into another Jehovah's Witness family who right. kind of took care of me and took me on holidays and. So it's really hard to turn your back on all that, isn't it? Mm. It's yeah. really hard. I, I also, it sounds strange to say about yourself, but I was quite a modest, humble person. And I used to think, even as a little boy with the questions, I used to think, 
how what who do you think you are how yeah. do you know mm. how i had these doubts but i, th- I was thinking who are you to mm. question the the high and mighty circuit overseer who comes around <laughs> yes. you know yeah so there's a bit of humility going on as well and fear and cowardice mm. sorry to say i admit that now mm. I, I have this little saying i say you've got to be weak to join and strong to leave mm. really <laughs> and i couldn't get that strength for a long long time yeah mm. until the voices in the back of my head came to the fore where i thought do you know what i've got an inkling this might be bullshit Mm. all of it mm. like I was saying earlier because it's all got to be wrong all, yeah. all got to be true in my mind so was there a uh, moment was there a specific um, moment I think there was a moment of bravery there wasn't a moment of this is not the truth okay. because that that developed over a period right. of time okay. I mean and like I say I was a good witness yeah. I, I had loads of studies I brought loads of people into the, the faith yeah. um, I used to give talks at assemblies I was an elder and I think when I became an elder, my eyes were opened up even more, really, to the the, the workings of being an elder and handling the congregation. And yeah. didn't like it. You I had did a not like behind it behind the curtain. I yeah. did. I've heard. From didn't a like few judging people. people in the no. way that I was. They, I mean, they set up judicial committees, mm. even though judge not lest ye be judged, and mm. we're only implementing God's standards and all the mm. rest of it. But I, I found it very judgmental going around to see my friends who were my friends and. Tell them the, the disfellowshipped or mm. you know it was really mm. I couldn't it was hard. I think there's a, a few people, isn't there, when they've become elders, that's been like you've kind of yeah been pursuing the path because that's what you're meant to do. I guess as like a male witness, if you want to stay in, as you hope to progress up, you know, and carry on doing that thing. But then yeah, you get there and you think maybe you think oh it'll be good because I'll maybe it'll like. I don't know, reinvigorate my faith or it all like cement mm. it but then you yeah you look behind the curtain and you're like oh no <laughs> it's worse <laughs> yeah it is yeah, yeah. Mm. and i always thought somebody one day was gonna say ah john what you haven't thought of is da 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 and right. i would go right of course that makes sense but now. it never happened no it never ever happened in fact mm. more things made me have qualms mm. so i can remember one day i actually had my suit on to go to the meeting with my little family that i was i was married mm. to a different wife at the time my little kids had my suit on and I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. Right. I'm not going. I'm not, when I'd started saying that, I couldn't stop saying right. it. And I just didn't go. Right. So this was the, this was the moment. <laughs> this when is you... the moment of yeah. I'm not going. Oh, well, okay. my wife said, my wife at the time said, well, I'm going. And took the little, the children, they were quite young, yeah. and went and left me in the house on my own. Mm. And I can remember going out for a walk around the country lanes thinking, what are you doing? Mm. If you're going to do this, you've got to do it. Mm. Do you know? And strangely, nobody came to see me. Mm. Nobody came to visit me. All these brothers mm. and friends and yeah. people I used to play football with on a Sunday night, people I used to go to quick builds with, other elders. Yeah, yeah. Nobody came to see me. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm lying. There was right. a circuit overseer came with me with two elders. Right. Turned up months later. Yeah. What's up then, mate? So I told them. And one of the elders stopped going to the meetings. <laughs> so i thought oh, i can't be doing that i can't yeah. be destroying other people's faith mm. so i don't talk about it much i don't mm. really talk about all my little qualms and questions and so um so that was was that the moment that you never went back never or ever you, went you, back that was that was it never ever yeah no. mm-hmm. but uh, then you're left with the legacy of all the stuff that you've been taught yes. and all the you know yeah so um so you you're 
again, you don't have to talk about this, but your, your kids, um, they they didn't stay witnesses no. um, as they grew up they, no. they left and I like to think I, I did them a massive favour yeah. not being brought up in the way I was you sure. know you're mm-hmm. a little bit mm. younger than me on yeah. hot summer's days you were sat in a kingdom hall yeah. doing the watchtower for an hour yeah. read a paragraph answer the question mm. read a paragraph answer the question I didn't have a clue what was what it was all about to be honest mm. most of the time no in, and I could see that I was starting to do that to my children as well yeah yeah. So we used to have car park duty because people, there was kids seen running around on the cars. Oh, okay. So you used to have to go out and do car park duty. I used right. to love doing car park duty. Because <laughs> I could get out of the kingdom and stand in the car park and talk to <laughs> another brother. And, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they're all signs, but I I took so long, and it's one of my life's regrets, but then, yeah. you know, so what? So let me. Yeah. The, the, but you don't know, do you? Because like you said, you both were born in, so it's not like you so went you know. in and then, yeah, it was like... Mm, this is a bit off do you know what I mean like it's just all you'd been raised in and especially like you said when you're younger having all of those witnesses put so much interest and effort into you guys I guess it was just like you get more than just your parents you've got a whole congregation being like right let's go yes yeah I mean I'm not disfellowshipping anything no no no. I've checked this out recently no inactive well I think I'm the same really Um, are you um yeah I, I I purposely didn't really want to so I, I didn't write a letter I didn't so mm. I think I think we're pretty much um, the same in that regard I just faded really just just stopped going and um, yeah I tried not to have long conversations with uh, with people a bit like you're saying because uh, I didn't want to get a, accused of apostasy and then get this fellowship so for me it was important just to just to fade away and not make a fuss um, and just get on with my life mm. which is what I've done for the last 20 odd years mm um but yeah up until now really feeling like i wanted to um have my say i guess is is the easiest way to to put it to be honest but okay so i'd like to talk a little bit now for, if we could about the the really interesting life you've had since leaving okay so you have i you left uh, well i think so you left jehovah's witnesses you were a a window cleaner. Yeah, that's fascinating. Pioneer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whilst I was a witness, I was. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, then yeah. you left the organisation, and because mm. we've spoken before uh, a bit about this stuff, so I know a little bit about your story. So you right. you leave the witnesses, um, but obviously you've got you know you like like the rest of us, you you don't really have any major qualifications. You've got you're a window cleaner. Um, what do you do with your life? Yeah. What do you do? Because I I always. I always drew, I always loved art. Right. As well. That's the other thing I used to do in the meetings all the time, just draw all the time. So I had yeah. five hours of art practice every every yeah. week as well. I always drew. So I should have, I would have been a prime candidate to go to university, really. Yeah. But it just is not, it wasn't on no. the cards. It just was not no. a thing. That It was not an option for me to do that. No. Um, so I actually got a job as a civil engineer working in a drawing office. And that was before computer assisted drawing. Yeah. It was when everyone sat on drawing boards. And and they seemed to think I was quite good at it. I was quite neat and could draw yeah. quite well. But, be, I mean, this is nothing to do with the faith and the witnesses. Because I was an artist, I didn't want to draw drainage systems mm. and beanie blocks and, you know, <laughs> scaffold. I wanted yeah. to draw... I was like the architects. I wanted to go down into the architect's office yeah. and do visuals. And, um, and, then, and then they got a massive contract. This was during the recession now, the yeah. early 80s. They got a massive contract in Addis Ababa. Mm-hmm. Um, which was an option to go out there, mm. and they also got a massive contract in Elgin in 
Scotland, but it was a nuclear war base. Um, so we're all going to be asked to f- sign the Official Secrets Act. Yeah. So then there becomes a conflict, doesn't there? Because now yep. it's it's nuclear weapons. Mm. Back in the eighties, mm. you know, it was quite difficult, really. So <clears throat> I left. I gave up being yeah. a civil engineer because I just couldn't do the work, and they were they were puzzled and arguing with me. The bosses. I so just you couldn't you, do it. You couldn't do it because of of your your being a witness. Because of being a witness, right. and yeah. I'd asked a device from a few other people, mm. and they said no, it doesn't. It clashes. Yeah. So I left, and that's when I became a window cleaner, as a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses are. Yeah. Um, and entered that that life, which is very cosseted. Being a window cleaner is a very mm. cosseted life, mm. isn't it? You don't actually yeah. interact with anybody. No. Uh, and I did that for many years, but also also drew drew lots of pictures. Drew yeah. drew 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 drew. So then, what what happened next? I get I get confused with the chronology. When I decided that's it, I'm not going anymore. I'm no longer a witness. I want to purge myself of this faith. It's nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately that led to the breakup of my marriage it was mm. one of the factors not the only thing but one of the factors that led, sure. led to the breakup of my marriage uh, so I I became a single man I lost the responsibility of mm. the house the wife the mm. kids I, you know I did see the children obviously mm-hmm. but um, it was all lifted off me so I was in this limbo of what do I do I've lost mm. all my friends yeah I've lost everything yeah um and then people in the village where I'd live, I got this, I got to rent this little house in the village. All the people in the village started turning up at my door with food parcels and chairs and pots and pans and stuff I needed, <laughs> and I was amazed because yeah. these people are worldly. Yeah, do you know? Yeah, yeah. these people are evil. They're back. First Timothy five, is it? It's a blast from the past, isn't it? Backstabbing, right. evil, wrong. Yeah. You know, they're just out to get you. Mm. But they weren't. They actually helped me. They really, really helped mm. me. Um, so that was it. That that was. A bit of a revelation for me. <laughs> the What Should I Think About podcast has been going now since around November 2020, and we've really enjoyed doing it. We release at least two shows a week, it's about eight a month, of course, with Sunday being an interview and Wednesday being our discussion about a new subject each week. We love you, our listeners, and we really value the interaction we have with you, and we want to keep the podcast going. Currently, I pretty much work on the podcast full-time, researching topics, booking guests, recording and editing, with Celine working part-time, doing very much the same things. So in order for us to keep going and continue to improve, we've reached that point in the life of a podcast where we have to make some decisions about how we support it financially. Most podcasts have ads, either that are delivered by the podcast hosts or from third parties that interrupt the show. We really don't want to do that. We want to keep the What Should I Think About podcast ad-free. So we're going to try something different to most podcasts. We'd like to ask you if you think this podcast is worth a pound or a dollar fifty or a euro twenty a month or whatever the equivalent is in your own currency. If you think it's worth that, we'd like to invite you to become a member or a patron for just that. So how we're doing it is we're flattening out our tiers on Patreon to just our single lowest tier. For those patrons, not only will you get the two public podcasts a week, but you'll also get exclusive video each month, bonus content of at least one a month and probably more, and exclusive access to the What Should I Think About Facebook private group, where you can contribute to our Ask Us Anything episodes coming up soon, 
and talk about the show. We've got other plans too that will make your pound or dollar fifty even better value, but we can't say too much about that yet. We really want to make access to this community possible to everyone, and we think this minimal amount will do that, while providing the show with a small income in order for us to keep going. So the next few weeks we'll be flattening out our tiers on Patreon and providing all benefits through the lowest tier currently known as loss aversion for just a pound or its equivalent in your own currency. So please consider being part of our community. Thank you. The link to our Patreon page can be found in the show notes. And I started doing my artwork. And the, other, the other thing I thought, what, what am I going to do now? I've got no family, no kids. Yeah. So I thought, oh no, I'll go and do stand-up comedy. <laughs> I'd always wanted to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> and there was a little bit of an element of that in my talks yeah. as yeah. well. It was quite mm. interesting telling people about yeah. the Bible and trying to sneak in bits about Samson and prostitutes and stuff. <laughs> but I, I wanted to make people laugh, I realised, on stage. So I, yeah. I, within a few months of getting divorced, found myself on the comedy circuit. In in going to pubs in London, standing at the bottom of stairs, brilliant, doing stand up comedy. Yeah, I did that for years. See, I think that's very interesting. Is <laughs> it? That's brilliant. Yeah. Is it? Of course it is. Um, and what... I didn't uh, my comedy. I didn't talk about being a witness though. It never right. ever came into my no. my set at all. Yeah. Which maybe it should have done now. I look back at that and think, yeah, maybe it should have done. It perhaps would have been There's more successful. Plenty of material there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I gave up comedy due to public demand in the end because I just wasn't any good at it. I just... <laughs> and comedy is a, another strange little mm. world because yeah. it's a small world. Everybody knows each other. But unless you're, unless you get spotted and... You know, yeah. get, end up on the panel shows, and yeah, you, you, there's no money, no money at all. It costs you to be a comedian. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I did that for years, though. It's really well. interesting. Um, you were able to kind of draw a line, a, a sort of a narrative, a story from your days as a Jehovah's Witness, mm. and that part of your character was this person who liked to entertain, who liked to, um, you know talk to people and it was all about this entertaining people and I remember your talks they were always good talks because they were funny and interesting and well delivered um, and your answers were always funny as well you know if it was, <laughs> oh brother Elson you know it's like all right I'll sit up and listen to this bit because oh, it's really? going to be funny I didn't know that um, and I think well, let me just I'm cutting you off yeah, in mid-flow now yeah, Stephen but um, I went to my local pub recently yeah and in the beer garden it was a sunday afternoon it was full of jehovah's witnesses oh really right and i said what are you all doing here it's sunday afternoon you... yeah this is be- before covid right, it's bc okay. before yeah, yeah. covid <laughs> yeah. so the... <laughs> what are you all doing here you should be out knocking on doors oh no we're just having a break we're just sitting here talking and, and there was some youngsters there didn't have a clue who i was all the yeah. older witnesses knew me yeah, yeah yeah but the the younger ones didn't so one of the, the younger ones came up to me and said who's this dad yeah and the dad said, oh, I remember him, John. He gave a talk about the Pope once, <laughs> right? Yeah. He had a cardboard cutout of the Pope. Do you yeah. remember this talk? I, you I, don't. I, I don't remember the talk, but I know the story. Right. Yeah, and, carry and on, it's great. He gradually undressed the Pope, <laughs> taking away all his pagan hat of Dagon because yeah. it's pagan and the robes and the thurible. And he said he ended up with the Pope in, in a pair of polka dots <laughs> spotted <laughs> <laughs> and this young boy said, "Why don't we have talks like that anymore?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. But, so yeah. you get the little idea of what art, you know. Yeah, but I think that's right, and, and that's some 
something that is quite dear to me on on the podcast is is this message that we like to um try to encourage is that um whilst there's lots of lots of characteristics about us that that are different when we leave because obviously we don't do the same things we don't knock on people's doors trying to convince them to change their religion we don't you know we have different attitudes towards things like um lgbtq plus people and so on um so we are different but we're also still the same person in many respects and Mm. i think that's kind of important to have that continuity so yeah you're different but you're also the same of in that I am. you're still you're still John with that great sense of humour who likes to make people laugh, who likes to entertain people, and, yeah. and you were doing that as an elder, you were doing it as a youngster when you answered up, yes, and you're still doing it. And I'm still you know? oh, okay. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Well, I still knocked on doors after I left the Jehovah's Witnesses because I went and got a job as a salesman, right, selling gas and electric. So I was still yeah. I had no fear whatsoever walking down yeah. garden pathways and knocking on a stranger's door. Yeah. And talking about gas and electric, and was really good at it. <laughs> oh, to yeah. the point where, to the point where the bosses said, "Do you know any other ex-Jehovah's Witnesses?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, you might be right. A lot of a lot of who I am now, I still, I still owe a bit of credence to the witnesses for that. Some of the nice, the ni- this is boasting, Stephen. It's nah. some of the nicer facets of my personality sure. yeah. are because I was brought up as a Jehovah's Witness, so I'm quite moral. Mm. I'm not, you know, I've, I've never stolen or mm. I don't even like swearing very much. No, I do, but I don't. I don't really like it. Mm. I love it. Do yeah, you? It's great fun. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll the other day, to, the other I... day, Tom was my partner was around. And he was like, "You swear a lot in front of your parents." I was like, yeah, it's fine. They don't mind. Because <laughs> he's a bit more like when, yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't swear in front of you, but he, but he does. <laughs> Well, even the polite. even the word fuck, I like to spell it with a ph. Oh, okay. So it's a bit more civil, a yeah. bit posher, you know. <laughs> oh, good. I admire. I admire your. We can't do it too much in front of the dog because she gets upset. She though. does. She hates the dog the word. Yeah. yeah. If you if you honestly, if you just say the word, she she sits up and looks at you as if to say, I think what it's because it's generally oh. like used when you're annoyed at mm. something, isn't it? Like if the computer's not working and then she's yeah, in the yeah, room yeah, like, yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, most swear words are very sharp, aren't they? Yeah. They're very. Yeah, yeah. powerful so. words. Right, so let's go back. So you're um, you're a you're a stand-up comedian. So I guess you you mm. stopped doing the window cleaning and uh, or, or what? it was a strange evolution. I didn't know I window cleaned for many many years, okay. but also kind of always did. I was developing the art yes. as well, mm. and also doing comedy. So there was there was many strings to my bow. I did lots of different things. Yeah, really, because you had to keep money coming in. You've got to keep the flow of money coming in. Yeah. Uh, and wasn't brave enough to jump completely into just doing artwork until yeah. fairly recently. Because now that's all I do. That all I do is yeah. draw all day. Mm-hmm. So, and I've even given up the comedy to be honest. because yeah. there's, there's no money in that. I became a promoter eventually, where right. I was putting okay. on gigs and mm-hmm. booking comedians and yeah. earning money that way. But even then, there's there's not a lot of money. Right. So I had to follow the money, and the money is there's not a lot of money in window cleaning unless you're fit and able to go mm. pretty fast. It's all mm. about speed, isn't it? But there is money in artwork. I've I've found a little niche doing cartoons. So, so tell us a little bit about your artwork. So obviously we we use um, you kindly draw different little pictures for us most weeks. Yeah. That match what we're talking about. Yes. Um. So tell us a bit about your art and what you do and and um, how you make a living out of it. Um. It's mostly through referral, although I use social media a lot. But mm. I, my niche is is cartoons. I yeah. like what I like about cartoons is 
because I have to come up with the jokes as well. So you're yeah. writing the humour and then mm. illustrating them. And for about 18 years, so quite a long time, I've been doing a, a cartoon every week in the local paper. Yeah. For quite a long time. And then my wife Tracy said, well, we'll be doing it in one paper. Why don't you do it in others? Yeah. So at the moment I've got 10 newspapers that take a weekly cartoon. Oh, wow. And I, I write them. Mm. It sounds impressive, but it's, mm. not, it's not really that impressive. <laughs> They're all regional newspapers. So if sure. I do a cartoon for the local one, I've yeah. discovered that most newspapers and most people worry about the same stuff so you can ratchet it around right. all the 10 you know you okay moving them around so i quite like that and the model is i i i find a local sponsor a local business to sponsor the cartoon yeah they pay me yeah so they're getting an advert in the paper right. i'm drawing a cartoon that i'm getting paid for and the editors the newspapers are getting free editorial can't, yeah mm. and okay. the and the brief is that the cartoons are all about what's going on in that region so they're right. always topical and based on yeah local mm. events Oh, that's a great so it's idea. a good little model, and it yeah. and it works well. Brilliant. So there's that. Um, I also go to conferences and do what's called creative note taking. This sounds great. Storyboarding. Yeah. So instead of writing physical notes about what the delegates are saying, I'm drawing it, drawing it on big massive sheets that get put up on a wall, mm. and then people during the breaks can go over to them and put sticky notes on them and add little comments and photograph mm. them, and and it's a resource to be used afterwards as well. Brilliant, yeah. So that works well. Yeah, that's that's growing. I'm I'm working for the Salvation Army at the moment. Right, doing that. Yeah, I've got cool. to learn to play the trumpet, but no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Um, so I do that. But then, of course, when COVID hit, a lot of that just went away, didn't mm. it? No one's having conferences anymore, so I had to teach myself to to do it online. Right, I started attending online conferences. Yeah, right. and drawing illustrations online and putting them in the chat. Hmm. And yeah, well. doing it that way. So it's kept going. Brilliant. So I know when we talked before, you you said how because um, obviously being able to draw, doing your art is something that's really really important to you. Um, but as a witness, you felt that it was looked down upon a little bit. This, do you want to talk a little bit about? Yeah, that? I, I just feel that if you had any, I know other people in the witness faith that had gifts, yeah. be it musical mm. or artistic or any kind of something that a talent, for example. Yes. And it was always a little bit frowned upon, a little bit like you, it's a bit prideful, and you know it's yeah. not it's not you're pushing yourself forward. You're not you're not really supposed mm. to do that. Yeah, you know. So I, I I do have a little bit of grit about I grit my teeth about that. Where yeah. obviously it, I was a young gifted artist. I should have been encouraged to walk mm. down this path, but nobody asked encouraged me to do anything. No, no. so it was kind of lost. So there was a lot of lost years where yeah. I could have progressed and done more. But I try not to dwell on that because it's what was what what it, it you know it is what it was. Absolutely. I mean, I I went through a period where I was quite angry about mm. it. Um, I mean, I've been. It, I think it must be about twenty five years for me since I've left. Um, but it's hard to put my finger on it. I, I struggle with the dates. Well, I think so because you left <clears throat> around when I was. Um... Yeah. Well, when I yeah, was, was coming you. into existence. Yeah. So. so you have no memory of the witnesses to me. Well, sort of, because I went to a few with mum, because she was still going. But it wasn't like I was going, uh, to use the word religiously, was it? I didn't go to all of them. So yeah. um, I went to a few with mum, like, as in, like, you know, when, when people are fading and they sit, like, at the very back, like, they get there when it's starting rather than at the mingling stage so i remember sitting at like the back chairs where the clock was um and sort of leaving 
like at the last song sort of thing because we were kind of yeah I think yeah I became that that husband that would drop, drop. his wife and daughter oh. off and then pick them up again afterwards yeah. you know yeah. so I'd sit outside um, in the car waiting for them to come out you know I can remember getting in that old red car mm. that. That, that we took that got washed once and like the back a bit of it fell off <laughs> I remember going in that car and then yeah but it was but it wasn't long lived that and I went a few with relatives when mm. being like you know as a child being like babysat yeah, so I'd yeah. go to a few of those be incredibly bored out so, of my brain so you know what it's like to be at a meeting don't you yeah I know what the meetings are like mm. being, I know, and I've been on doors with relatives like knocking but right. and it was unpleasant because I think yeah there were people that i knew because obviously when you're at school every in peter is not huge is it no so um and there all the kids are around the area so like i remember seeing a few kids from there and being like no 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 i think i'm one of them well we Stephen, will tell you, we we for example didn't go into assembly no. in schools yeah. Yeah. it was it was embarrassing wasn't it it was very isolating wasn't it yeah. it was a very isolating existence as a child yes. signals you out doesn't mm. it because yeah. kids are already a bit I think it's not as bad as it used to be, but kids are all, already a bit like on the lookout for someone yeah. to oh, tease yeah. and to get. You might as well and... have a target on your back, might yeah. you? Really? Yeah, and you're always you're always watching for some conflict yeah. all the time. Oh, so, for awful, example, I was good at drawing as a, an eleven year old. Yeah, and I used to draw cartoon strips even at that age. And I I, I used to draw the politicians of the day. I got into doing right. these little cartoons of. Yeah, it was Jeremy Thorpe. Ted Heath and Harold Wilson, that puts a few wow. years on me, doesn't it? It like, does. Those three were... Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so I went up to um, big school, and the art teacher said, oh, John, we're, we're going to do like um, an election in the school. Right. So immediately alarm bells are going. Yeah. Election, we don't vote. No, we can't Could do you that. do the posters for the different political... Could you do... I hear you draw Jeremy mm. Thorpe and yeah. Harold Wilson and Ted Heath. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Why not? I'm a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, it's, all, it's always oh, yeah. as well. It's always well. Actually, I wasn't a Jehovah's Witness. I was a child. Exactly. Also, it's difficult whenever they, because yeah, that's the thing you say. It's like I'm a Jehovah's Witness, but then people that aren't Jehovah's Witnesses don't know what that means. That's just no. like okay, but like, why does that mean you can't draw these people? And then you have yeah. to do the whole. Yeah. Well, this is because we believe this, and well, that's I, a lot of I effort on a child. I didn't know what we believed because mm. because of the, the the nature of my family. Yeah. My dad lived this double life where we used to go to meetings, but there was mm. never, ever a home Bible study. Yeah. Mm. Never. You were supposed to do that, but yeah. we didn't do it. Mm. Um, we weren't educated about the faith at all. We were just right. made to go and sit in a kingdom hall and not have Christmas and not have birthday. Yeah. So I thought being a driver's witness meant, if someone said to me, well, what, what does it mean? I, I used to say, Jesus didn't die on a cross. <laughs> and I can remember the teacher saying to me, is that it? And I said, yeah, we don't have Christmas. Yeah. And? Yeah. I didn't know anymore. Yeah. I didn't know any more than that. That's when I was quite young. So then when I started investigating it for myself and reading up on it, that's when all these yeah. doubts mm. began to emerge. Yeah. yeah, it was um it was very isolating existence as a as a child. Mm. Um and, and then as you got a bit older, I remember going um we used to do like um to get used to going to work and being in the workplace as as you got older You'd you'd be able to go to places to do a bit of work, you know, like sort of work experience. Oh yes, yeah. And I went to a, a, a primary school, um, and sort of as a, I suppose they didn't really have TAs in those days, but I was like a teacher's assistant for a little bit. Um, and one of the things that they were doing, of course, Halloween was was coming up, so all the kids were doing 
big picture that they're going to put on the wall with witches and all that. And and now I'm a I'm a young man and having again to go up to the teacher and saying um, I'm not really able to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just totally embarrassing. And then yes. in the end, she had to say, "Well, you know, if you can't do that, then there's no point in you being here." Oh. So I I just basically, uh, I got the sack. Um, But how ridiculous, this is what it was like. Yeah, as you say, you were always on the lookout for something. Oh, can I do that? And Mm. is that, you know, it's a bit of a conscience issue, but oh, you know, I'm not sure about it. So yeah, all the things that... Because there seemed to be a ruling or guidance on everything, didn't there? Pretty much, Absolutely everything. So the other thing that I haven't mentioned is I used to, I've always loved science fantasy and science fiction. Mm. I used to read all that stuff voraciously. Mm. Philip Jose Farmer and Robert E. Howard and all those i just read everything yeah and um it was that so i was quite i could think about fantastic worlds and other existences because i used to read about all this stuff so the, yeah. the idea of living and this huge armageddon event and living in a new world seemed to me like yeah you know it fits in with my yeah my view i kind of educated myself in, yeah. in that regard yeah yeah is um, you said before to me it's very science fictiony isn't it if oh, you it think really about is. the um that the whole it could be written by a science fiction writer really in terms of the new world and um i mean i've i've started writing a number of books about it just novels but obviously like most people you know you only get so far and then and then you just don't mm. but you know i try to imagine what would it be like to live forever um and i, I think about that you know what would that be like because after like a um, a million years let's say You'd really start forgetting, wouldn't you? What? Well, before that, I would suggest you'd forget where you yes. came from. The, yeah. the, the mind isn't, the brain isn't capable of holding information forever. No. So, so you'd you'd start to forget about the old world and uh, and Armageddon, and and you'd be in this existence and not have any memory of all of that. And I just think that's that kind of for, for a science fiction writer. That's uh, that's a fascinating. Yeah. Um, premise on which then to to think about what would that world be like you know you'd mm. there'd be no no fighting no war but you know once the once the earth was full there'd be no sex there'd be no what about other worlds would we be interested in going to them i remember, I remember being told that there'd be no children well that's the earth right. would fill up that's we won't right. need children anymore will we, we yeah won't need children anymore no can you imagine it so we're all adults we've all been alive for hundreds of thousands of years one thing yeah. that would happen to me is i wouldn't do anything because everything would get procrastinated well i'm going to say that's the other thing so you, nothing, wouldn't, you wouldn't draw anymore you wouldn't paint you, you would have no, no urge to create that's right. i don't think you would anyway and there's yeah. a little bit of my humility where i think i'm humble I've, <laughs> I've always thought, well, Michelangelo came and went, Da Vinci, yeah. you know, Tchaikovsky, all these creatives came and went, but they, mm. had, they had to make room for others to come. So, But if I live forever and there's no more humans, there's no more great creative people arriving, no. is there? No. Does that make sense? It's stagnation, isn't it? It yeah. stagnates. And it, it starts with this pool. Exactly. And it starts to sound like an episode of Star Trek. It really does. It sounds like, you know, you've beamed on this planet and where everybody is kind of dead inside yeah mm. they can't remember what, where they are and what they mm. what they're doing mm. um, i mean the only what, what are you going to do in the new order the only thing i got was we're going to learn about nature and praise jehovah you know yeah well the learning about nature is good <laughs> but what nature because the animals are not going to kill each other um, all the things that we know about evolution and the way that animals behave and why they do what they do and yeah. that, that 
where's camouflage fit into the new order you know it's all going to be gone isn't it so what it sort is. of what sort of world are we going to be exploring you yeah. know originally though one thing that obviously yeah eventually maybe you forget all of this but originally are you all just chill with the fact that there was just a mass genocide or are you traumatized for yeah. a while because you just watch like no matter even because i know everyone's like oh yes yeah, soon it'll be the new order but you're always kind of like surely you're sort of disassociating the other like negative side of that are you watching as like everyone gets their personal meteor are you well, like <laughs> well that's what that's what terrified me is it i remember being quite traumatized by yeah. that as a child yeah being told by my parents right when armageddon comes and all the kids in the playground drop down dead right this is their actual words you have to run to uncle danny's house right who lives in the village oh, i didn't have a clue where he lived i didn't have a clue i was yeah. like seven or eight years old yeah. knock on his door and he'll shelter you as the angels do their work that was terrifying to Isn't me it? What, so unless you find him you'll that's it i don't know you're what going down happened. yeah i don't know what would happen to me i don't yeah it's but just, every- do you know what I mean, though? That's, like, traumatised. So, like... But they never discuss that. Apparently, yeah. you'll just be fine with it. That's does, where... Does Jehovah just make you fine with it? He just clicks his fingers and he's, because like, Because that's jokes. where... What I was trying to say earlier, perhaps not very eloquently, is there's there's no logic to it. No. There's no f- thinking through to the, con- no. the the obvious conclusion of this. That's right. So, like, dinosaurs, right? Dinosaur. I, yeah. I, I said to the one of the circuit overseers, I can disprove ev- the Bible with one word. Dinosaur. <laughs> yes. Because they disprove everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But the, the witnesses have no real solid view on that, do they? Well, they, I think Unless they... Unless something that's come out since yeah. I've left. No, I think they suppress their inquisitiveness because the answer is, well... We'll 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 find it, all that out, you know, in the Leave new it system. With Jehovah, yeah, he will answer. So there's this. Um, when in, he's ready. Exactly. There's in um, studies of of cults. So there's this idea of um, kind of um, thought stopping phrases oh, like yeah. "Leave it with Jehovah," for instance. Or when something was changing. My favourite one we discovered from one of our guests was the chariots on the move. Yeah. So we're like, if, it's like, but that that's different to what we said before. And they just go, the chariots on the move, and that just means like, leave it alone. Yeah, like, does it? Yeah. So the chariots on the move. Like, you know, that now? Is the organisation apparently yeah. on the move. Chariots okay. on the move. Um, in other words, um, either get on the chariot or you know. Tough, is that the chariot with the wheels that could turn I just in any think direction it, maybe. with the eyes on it in the rims? I mean, some of that, that stuff vision. is is again is crazy, isn't it? Ezekiel and um, mm. and all of that. But yeah, but it, oh, the... Ezekiel, he had to lay on his side for three hundred and sixty-five <laughs> days and then turn on his other side, and that was to teach Israel yeah. something. Yeah, I can't I'm going to make some the, bread and put human model. excrement in it, <laughs> and you're going to re- and then you're going to eat it. Do you know? It's bizarre, isn't it? And Jeremiah, yeah. I read this bit where uh, Jeremiah may have this wrong, may want to check this, but he was made to go and buy some clean linen underwear right. and wear it for so many days without changing it. Right. You know, that's pleasant. <laughs> and then take it out and bury it under a stone in the wilderness. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, dig it up and take it into the city to sound Center and wave it around. I'm not making any of this up. This is in the Bible. <laughs> I don't remember this and, bit. And you don't remember. I don't remember. And he's supposed to wave it around and say, there we go, Israel. This is what you're, what's going to yeah. happen to you. Well, that's nuts, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's in the... Well, we, you don't get that in the Bible book of stories. No. No, no I don't Well, I imagine that, that, you know, when we said, like, you're not necessarily told... You get told which bits to read. Maybe they weren't, like, let's yeah. read... 
the pants bit, you know. Oh, Holy Bar and Oh, Holy Baymar. Do you know those names from the Bible? No. Two two women, and one of them had slept with all the king's men's and, ho- and horses. Oh, right, okay. Right? <laughs> Just for good measure. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's hard to um, it's hard to reconcile with it. But as I say, I think I think witnesses they purposely don't want to go any further. So they have these mm. thought stopping phrases like, "Oh, leave it with Jehovah." Um, we don't know everything, you know. These things are going to be revealed. I mean, there was this kind of slightly um, unofficial stance that these new because the Bible does talk about new scrolls being opened. You yes, know? and I think. I think it's in Revelation, and I think um, this is this is the answer. You know, oh, the answer will be in these new scrolls. You yes. know, so that the next instalment of the Bible um, is coming up after Armageddon. So we'll learn whether we get to, you know, marry. So if resurrected people oh, can yeah. marry, this is what, oh, another you, one of the bigger areas. Yeah, of, I remember of someone upset, being really upset because mm. their husband died, and now they're like, so. Well, I didn't realize that means that you won't be together at. In the afternoon, That's I right. thought, of course you would, because mm. why? Why? No, apparently not. I didn't, because obviously I wasn't raised in it all the time, so I don't know all of the minutia. But you're like, no, the reason they're sad is because if you die before your partner yeah. in this world, you don't get to have them in the next one. They'll just be like your pal, I guess. I don't know. You'll get to see them, yeah, exactly. But you won't be husband and wife anymore. Mm. And I was like, well, that's depressing. What's the point in this sort of? less good existence in this world where you give everything up and constantly like measuring yourself if you don't even get to then in the new world be with your partner that you chose to be with mm. that's just but then rubbish. you get another thought stopping phrase which is a uh, you know jehovah will make sure that you're happy you know don't worry you'll give whatever you it is whatever <laughs> like, it is you're going to be happy because jehovah knows how to make us happy so oh okay good hmm. that'll do Which is, no, it's a pleasant thought it isn't is. it and it's kind of oh, yeah. i feel lovely about that i feel yeah. cozy yeah, yeah. about that, that but it's not logical no, and no. it just makes and it's me not feel scientific because it's... it's like what's he going to do like blunt your emotions because like yeah. in all reality that would make you sad so what's he going to do change your thoughts to make you not sad about it do you know what i mean i, yeah. I get just saying like oh it'll be fine it, it'll make it fine but like what, so by well, making you think it's okay? That yeah, but the, re- the reason that they're coming up... This is a, a... Jesus was asked this question, wasn't he? By the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, and they, they gave him a scenario. You know, a woman, um, she get, she gets married. She seems like a bit of a bad news because she gets married seven times and <laughs> her husband dies. All the husbands keep dying off. Um, so one would wonder about her. I don't want to be Mr. Mister Eight. Um, but then they say, you know, which, which one of the, the husbands will be her husband when in the resurrection um and he that's when he says you know they will be as angels they won't marry so that's the interpretation that um that jehovah's witnesses use to explain that so that's that but it's a logical problem isn't it that's that is the issue really yeah but it's just a bit sad that it's like one scenario then measures up to everybody so it's like well this woman has seven husbands so it means none of you get to be with your husbands now do you know what i mean it's a bit like oh you know like when you're at school and one kid's being naughty so then everyone has to stay behind at lunch (laughs) yes it's like well one woman had many husbands so now no one gets their husband (laughs) yeah i don't know it's just a bit like yeah, I remember hearing that. Well, you need to take it up with Jesus. Doesn't make sense. Take it up with Jesus. So you mentioned about new scrolls being opened, yeah. and, and the other the other thing that happened to me when I was thinking, well, is this the truth or not? And trying to kind of 
I convince it took me a long while to convince myself yeah and sometimes this is interesting as well as a, a sideline i still have to convince myself sometimes i still have to revisit things oh really and look That's them it. up and think yeah you were right john yeah yeah i don't know how how common that is amongst it give us an example have you got any give us an example so for example like i said about jehovah where did jehovah come from the, right. so, the source the origins of that god's name yeah. that god's development in the, yeah. in the the israelite faith uh, another example might be the fact that there are many books that didn't make it into the Bible, yes, but are mentioned in the Bible. Mm. So, for example, this common saying that people think Jesus said was, "There's more happiness in giving than there is in receiving." Yeah. Well, you read the Gospels; he never said that. It's not in the Gospels anywhere. Paul said it. Right. Paul says, as as Jesus once said, or as the oh, Lord once said, okay. blah 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 blah. So right. where did Paul get that from? That's a really good point. So there was, the, but there's lots of other indications in the Bible. Mm. That's just one of many, many, many where mm. the it, the Bible alludes to other writings yeah. that must have existed. And mm. We've got the Gnostic Gospel. We've yes. found a lot of these now. Yeah, and a lot of them are fanciful and weird yeah. and obviously wrong. So I used to I used to read about those and read parts of them. And what's interesting about that is that then colours your reading of the Bible. So for yeah. example, when um, Mary, Mary, they call it the Magnificat in the Catholic faith. Okay. Do you know what that is? Where she she gives out this this song, the song of Mary about being pregnant with the Savior. Right. Okay. I don't you know. About I that. I read it now. And it's it's obviously an overlay. It's obviously something that's been inserted into the Bible. Right. Yeah. Put in there. Mm. It just is. It just seems apparent to me. Yeah. So there was lots of bits of the Bible where. I thought I can see now that this is a concoction. Yeah. And 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 additions that were put in later. Well, it's a set of of writings of various different people, you know, from from yeah. um, kind of fairly humble people through to, um, I suppose, the intelligentsia of the day, and and you know, they're Bronze Age people trying to make sense of a world that they can't understand. Mm. And the witnesses always said there is a harmony, though there is a there is a theme. The kingdom theme runs all the way through the Bible, and every single it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, a. A, it doesn't, and B, this is this was one of the reasons why I started to have doubts. I mean, I had doubts about all sorts of things, evolution and so on, but one of the things that used to really bug me was, you know how we had this, we mentioned before that we had this set of Bible reading we had to do every week, and then when you start a new book, like, you know, you get through Genesis and now you start Exodus, um, there was a, was it All Scriptures Inspired, or Inspired oh, yes. of God and Beneficial, that yes. book, yeah. and you'd... Because that would give you a kind of overview of the next book. So yeah. Ezekiel, um, Exodus is a book written by Moses, and it was written in such and such. And um, how do we know that it is part of the Bible canon? So one of the things that was always given to us as a, a proof that the Bible is true is, you know, isn't it remarkable that 66 books written over thousands of years um, can all have this internal harmony? So that was one. Oh yeah, that's one of the reasons we can believe the Bible. But then in this this talk, you'd have how can we be sure that this book belongs in the canon? Well, one of the things is that it agrees with the rest of the Bible. So basically, on the one hand, we're saying how do we work out whether this is a book that belongs in this canon? Well, one of the criteria is it has to agree with the rest of it. You can't then turn round and say, "Isn't it remarkable that all the books yeah. of the Bible agree with each other?" Well, <laughs> it's no, circular, isn't because it? you've actually made sure of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pre-selected them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that yeah. always just the logic of that. It, you know, I mean, obviously, Jehovah's Witnesses haven't 
weren't responsible for how the Bible was put together anyway. No. But that logic just screamed out to me saying, that is just ridiculous. Mm. And that used to bother me, those sorts of so things. So when did you figure that out? How long was it before you... Oh, how long was it between figuring that out before, and leaving? Years. Oh, as, as a youngster, really, I, really, that bothered me. But lots of things like evolution um, just made perfect sense. And then yes. you think, well, I, I, you know, how animals hunt each other. And camouflage, for me, is, is even more impressive and even more makes the Bible or the, the Jehovah's Witness view of animals not hunting each other. Well, what what's mm. camouflage for then? Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. can see that God might have a bit of a big ego and like to create animals that run fast, you know. I, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but what about camouflage? Yes. What, what are they hiding from if yeah. they're not going to get eaten? Yeah. It used to, that used to always annoy me because normally in the awake, you'd have a one-page... And they'd pick on an animal and talk yeah, about how wonderful it was right. and how well designed. Yeah. So I can remember one that, for example, they picked on shield ants, these ants that are silver, that live in the desert, yeah. and they're silver so that the sun's rays get right. bounced off them. They don't yeah. overheat and die. Um, and I thought, well, that's all very well saying how amazing that is, but yeah. there was supposed to have not been there's supposed to have been a canopy the you can't you well, can't that's right, you yeah. can't no, not, the water canopy. <laughs> not the water canopy you can't choose one facet of a creature and say that shows intelligent right. design and yeah. and forget about all the yeah the other stuff Absolutely. so I, what about I, i've never had an answer to this the flood the, the deluge the ark every single animal that's yeah. alive today every species yeah is traced back in a family tree kind of way to that box yeah quite a big box but a box. Yeah. So I've said I've said to some witnesses, you don't believe in evolution. You I got laughed at when I said that I now advocate evolution. Yeah. But in order to believe that that happened four thousand and twenty six exactly. years ago, you believe in a far speedier, yeah, radical absolutely accelerated form of evolution than yeah, I do because absolutely. it's led to the, the disparate animals. That they would on have our to be now. evolving within within a generation. Seconds. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. To to get from uh, and this is where this fuzzy idea of kinds comes in well you know as long as they stick within their kind well, yes. what does that mean the mechanisms that may means that an animal has a a longer nose or a different shoulder bone or whatever you know mm. that's the same mechanism it's all yeah. it is you know yeah, yeah that and, and, that and what we've just lived too. through covid we've just lived mm. through this horrible pandemic exactly. we've seen evolution in action absolutely with variants yeah. we're actually seeing evolution happening Aren't we on an accelerated some, rate in viruses? Absolutely. Some um, some wag put on Twitter. You know, um, you know how many how many variants did God put in the ark? How many COVID variants did God put in the ark? And mm. if you think about it, that's the COVID variants that we have now must have been yeah. in the ark. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, how did they get here? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. Um, it doesn't add up. They're all they're all little questions that mm. are that kind of just pinged away in my brain all the time. Bing, yeah. bing, bing, bing at the back yeah. of my brain, and I was going, "Oh, you know, we're going on quick builds now. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a team of quick builds. I'm the signs guy, you know, and it's uh, camaraderie yeah. and mm. going to assemblies, and I'm working the ice cream machine. It's fantastic, you know, and my friends and so you were very so you busy, kind of you? keep quieting these voices, these voices, right. and and, and I, I've also got this little theory which I'm willing to be disputed. That's what makes a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. They're all ill. Yeah, a lot of them are ill. They've all yeah. got stress related because <laughs> yeah, they've got this. 
they've got this yeah. battle going on all the time. Yeah. And I think it also is the reason why they get angry. And whilst I think a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses um, are very upset when they have to ignore people in the street because they're disfellowshipped, I think on the other hand, there is a, a kind of resentment. anger and resentment towards people who leave because I think there's something eating away that splinter in their mind which is saying well I hope there is you know, it doesn't mm. really make sense does yes. it well like if you're working you feel like I'm working myself to death to make sure I still believe and I'm yeah. being spiritual yeah. and someone goes yeah. I think I'll go live a different life where I'll be happier and you're like oh mm. wish I could do that <laughs> because because especially women have a real tough time in the faith yeah. a real yeah. tough time I think but yeah. lots of women come on their own they have unbelieving husbands is mm. quite yeah. unbelieving partners mostly women not all but i could never understand that i could never no. understand why any woman want would yeah. want to be a jehovah's witness i suppose it's hard if you're like because um i guess well witnesses are very roles are very gendered and things mm. are very so you might be quite reliant you know people are why do you stay in toxic relationships and so on i mean you can often end up reliant can't you like what you're going to do if you you know, have been, in, maybe you have, you know, been encouraged even less so to develop yourself because you won't ever have learned public speaking as a female witness where you won't have, at least, it's bad for everybody, but I suppose at least um, maybe it's like a, as a male, you can learn leadership and you can learn things that you could transfer into a workplace. Yeah. But as the women, I mean, they're not encouraged to do that. I mean, even, there was a story someone said where like, there was a, um, only like women at dinner and this the son who's like eight was told well you're you're the man of this table so you do the prayer you know like so eight-year-old boys will be put ahead of women Mm. so it must be very difficult to then be like okay i'm gonna strike out on my own you know potentially you know are you gonna if you've got kids are you gonna take the kids do you have an income have you been encouraged to just take care of the kids and you know always follow the headship rules and do as told that must be very difficult to then be like Okay, I'm going to find my voice as and and as well as destroy my belief system and all of that. So I guess as much as yeah, I'm like oh, I would never. But then if I was brought up in it, it's all you know. Be easy, I guess, to just be like, oh, we get married that, and we do that. That's so. It's so clever of you to have that insight. I mean, not being a witness, mm. so you've you've explained it perfectly. That's great mm. because that's exactly how I felt mm. how, can I, how can I leave this what's yeah. going to happen if I give up because mm. I know what's going to happen nobody's going to speak yeah. to me yeah. but I, I would say to anyone who listens to your podcast if people are listening that it's not that bad no mm. because I look back now and think you know what nothing really terrible happened to me and I, mm. I gained a lot of personal strength from mm. having left yeah you know I've, I've, I now realise that I can survive more or less with a glass of red wine and a private place to go to the toilet that's all i need in life i don't even i don't even need the private place to go to the toilet <laughs> so you can yeah. survive you get through stuff yeah you get through yeah. it if you if you you know stick to your convictions and absolutely and, and do listen to those voices at the back yeah. of your mind analyze them get, demand the answers and the answers aren't there you're probably in a in a cult you're staying for another reason. That's the other yeah. thing. I, I, I'm mm. still now. You press. Mm. You're the more expert on this than me, Stephen. I still can't quite fathom why I stayed as long as I did. Mm. I, I say it's cowardice, but I think there's some some other kind of human overarching control thing that we're very prone to. Yeah, absolutely. It isn't I mean, based on logic. It's not based no. on knowledge. It's not 
it's, well, you want else. to believe, don't you? You want to believe. I, I wanted to believe. I remember praying to, and this happened on my baptism day. I remember, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but um, on the day I was getting baptised, I was going on the coach, um, and my, the rest of my family had gone by car, I think. So um, I was on my own in the house, waiting for the time when I'd go out to, to pick up the coach. Um, and I remember praying to Jehovah, begging him, to make me believe it and that was my baptism day wow. at 16 um, I wanted to believe it I mm. wanted to believe it because it's everything I knew I was mm. quite good at it you know as you mentioned for for women I think there's not a lot really um, going for the for the organization but for men there is a greasy pole that you can climb up and um, you know you, you get some status so again I'm not I'm not proud of that but mm. there was some opportunity to develop and you know um you can become an elder and maybe something else and you know and get so, responsibilities yeah, and you it came from a yeah. family of people that did that that's so, right you know. and it, it feels like it's it's there's something there so Anna and all your family or you know I've got a big family or my cousins uncles aunts uh, well most of my cousins um friends everybody there is no one else and of course the organization sets it up that way mm to make it so difficult doesn't it Tilly so yeah. cowardice yeah I'm I'm in the cowardice camp with you you know I, I think I was a coward too um, but probably being nicer to ourselves it, it's it's normal human needs for a community yes. that, that everybody has and that you risk losing when you leave and you know again many many years later when I'd um, I got married now we were living in Warrington I remember sitting on that front row of the hall with tears in my eyes thinking I don't believe this but I want to believe it and wow. so that's like you know sort of um, 15 years later yeah. that I've I've still got the same problem um, and yeah I, I begged Jehovah so if he is there he definitely doesn't care about me because <laughs> he doesn't want me because I, I asked him and I meant it mm. to make me believe it you know help me to have that faith so that I can be happy doing this thing and yeah. really believe it yeah but he never did because he's not there no and I, but I, and I, now I find myself in a position where I don't want it to be true anyway no I, I've no because it's a horrible eventuality that we live forever in a paradise earth as we were discussing and and, the, and, the, and lots of other people have to die so that yeah, I can absolutely. do that yeah, I'm, I'm not thing. having that that's you, not good you, want, would no. you, you wouldn't want would you for a bunch of people to be to, my to family be, members yeah. yeah I'm going to sacrifice my family members yeah. so that I can go and live indefinitely indefinitely in a, in a paradise world. earth yeah, I mean, Lloyd no, Evans I don't want that. talks about, um, you know, it's landscaped over the bodies of, of yeah. seven and a half billion people. Yes, yeah. We all mourn and discuss how awful, like, yeah. you know, I mean, we just yeah. in, reviewed um, the uh, Unorthodox, didn't we? Mm. We do, You know, we're talking about, like, the awful trauma of, 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 the, of the Holocaust and how awful that is. And we all are like, that is awful. But then, and witnesses, obviously, you know, we said they had the purple triangle. They're like, this is awful, we, you know. But then they're like, but if someone else is like wiped off, we just yeah. all of them just get you know yeah. destroyed because they believe something else. That's fine because God did it. Mm. I'd, uh, it'd be so traumatizing. Absolutely. Well, I, the last time I got called on mm. by Jehovah's Witnesses, I can remember this. I didn't recognise him actually. I didn't know who the guy was, but he said to me, "Have you heard where where we've been banned in Russia?" Mm. 
uh, as a radical religion. And yeah. he was shocked. And I said, well, you are. <laughs> you, you're a death cult. You preach death and genocide yeah. to ev- everybody except yeah. the ones that God deems worthy of life. Yeah. So you are a radical religion. You just don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they... Um, this is this cognitive dissonance and they, they then try to relieve that by saying things like... Uh, well, Jehovah can read hearts, so we don't know. You know, we don't know what Jehovah's going to do. Um, but on in the next breath, then you've got all the pictures of all the people being destroyed mm. and the governing body saying, you know, only Jehovah's people are going to be saved. Mm. So you can't have it both ways. You know, no. if, if you're saying that you better become a Jehovah's Witness because if you don't, you're going to die at Armageddon, which mm. is essentially the message that you get yes. a little bit into the study. You know, if you start a Bible study with somebody, yes. you first start off with, you know, you can live forever in paradise on earth. Fantastic. Mm. And then mm. a bit further into the book, so you know, yeah, you know, if you don't, by the way, you're going to die along with eight billion other people. Mm. Um, but so you can't have it both ways. You can't. You can't. Well, there's, there's the other thing that used to frighten me as I was getting older and watching the world develop that in 1975 whether the witnesses put that forward as a date or not i'm willing to believe perhaps they didn't it was just got around that 1975 was the date but since then the population of the planet has doubled yeah hasn't it mm. so now jehovah's got a lot more people to kill that's right because the proportion of witnesses to the planet <laughs> is more or less the yeah. same i believe mm. so they're not at, not only are they failing in the preaching because not many people are being converted no. well no. you know perhaps you would expect that as we get closer to the end they would say i don't know i don't know but there's there's more humans for Jehovah to murder. There's always going to be yeah, exactly. more humans, isn't there? Yeah. Does he, in regards yeah. to the ones that have came before, so does does everyone come back and get judged and then he kills everybody? Or is it just that... What, the resurrection? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, people this, that die at Armageddon don't come back in the resurrection, no, I've always no. thought. So everybody else who's ever died, unless they sinned against the Holy Spirit or did something like Judas isn't coming back apparently, no, no, but, no. but most everybody else is coming back in the general resurrection so we sometimes sometimes Sodom and Gomorrah the residents of Sodom and Gomorrah are coming back That's right. sometimes they're not depending on how the light has developed the, the light's got brighter over over it's one of well, these yeah. lights that's got a bit of a flicker on it hasn't it, <laughs> it goes on and off oh they're here oh no they're dead yeah Poor old people of Sodom and Gomorrah. They, yeah, they. Um, but anyway, most people coming back. <laughs> but um, but yeah, people who die Armageddon are not. So the yeah. best thing you can do really is die before Armageddon. Which again, <laughs> again <laughs> do yourself a favour. <laughs> never. I never understood That'd funerals. Be a hard sell, wouldn't it? That'd funerals a... are. Well, why are we sad at funerals? Because actually, they've bought themselves a ticket, haven't they? Yeah. To the new order, whereas yeah, you know yeah, we've yeah. got to go through it. Apparently, yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so again, the, the, this this um, doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Um, but again, you get this thought-stopping phrase like, "Well, we'll just leave it with Jehovah," mm. and that's it. Oh, okay, then let's do that then. So that's it's those little ways. Well, if you leave of... stuff with Jehovah, from what from my reading of the Bible, leave stuff with Jehovah means everybody dies <laughs> because <laughs> you think of. All the stuff that's gone on in the Bible yeah. in the in the Hebrew scriptures, like Lot. I was reading the story of Lot recently. Yeah. Oh, you know what that's a horrendous, what a horrendous story. <laughs> you know they're it's not actually so... called angels. You know they're not actually okay. described as angels in the story. They're just two men, but there's yeah. something about them. They go into okay. and Lot takes them in, yeah. and then all these people turn. Yeah. The worst thing they can think of to say about these people yeah. is that they're gay. That's, that's right. like the worst thing. Yeah. Um. So he says, "Have my daughters." That's right. What? They're virgins. They're They've virgins. never slept with a Have man. Them. Have them instead. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
And that was the righteous man. Yeah. That was the one that needed yeah. to be saved. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, those girls got him drunk and had sex with him and that yeah. led to the Edomites and that's why the Edomites are all bastards. Yeah. Because that's their origins. It's very the Bible is it's it's also it's very race related, isn't it? It talks about the description, it tells you where race came from. Yeah, it's Well actually race is a social construct. There's no such thing as race, is there? No, it's very um yeah, it's 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 racist, isn't it? I mean yeah. very, very you know, I want you to go into that land, all those people that dwell in that land now, they're detestable. Um, yeah, the Ammonites. Go in there, get them yeah. all them in. kill them, kill the men, the yeah. women, the children, yes. the animals. Yes, kill them all. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay then, and, and the you know the the guys that did all this stuff were the faithful ones. These were the ones that we thought were marvelous. You know, Jehu and uh, you know Josiah, mm. and these are mm. these are, uh, are God's friends. You know, these mm. are the these are the great. There's a what worried me about that again. I'm cutting you off in full flow. Right. What worried me about those campaigning battles yeah. was did any Israelites die? They must have oh, done. Yeah, must have they done. must have done. Yeah, yeah. So they're fighting this holy war, but some of them are getting killed. That's not nice. That's not good, is it? And every time it's they best lose, not to go to war, isn't it? And live, isn't it? Absolutely. Every time they lose a battle, it's well because we must have done something wrong. Mm. Uh, we must be hiding a sin somewhere, and yeah. then they go and find a scapegoat, don't they? Yes. To uh, to actually, you know, oh, it's yeah. it's him because he 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 hid some of the the spoils. Oh, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. I was in that Bible drama. Oh, yeah. I was in that very Bible I drama. That one. And the earth opened, yeah. and then he went with all his sons, and I can actually picture that. I, that I was probably watching you <laughs> at that drama. <laughs> Those yeah. stories, used, oh, God, they're horrendous. Like the, the they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. And it stumbles, so some guy reached out to put up oh, dead. Yeah, gone. Jehovah kills him. Yeah. Because... Onan, do you know the story? Onan in the Bible. O N A N. Yeah. Uh, having sex with his wife, didn't want yeah. to get her pregnant, pulled out, yeah. dead. Oh, yeah. God killed him. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that. We did. We one. talked about. We that. did a podcast. Yeah. About contraception. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of people dying by God's command. Yeah. Quite an unpleasant character, really. Well, but then when you find out that. L was, a, you know, L became the generic name, generic name for God, didn't it, in Canaanite times? Israel and all mm. JL. It was, it's a kind of a name, right. Bethel. Yeah. But it was a storm god. It was a storm deity. So it was, yeah. everything was very fiery and angry mm. and stormy. And... Yeah. But again, it is what you might expect people who don't understand the world trying to understand it, trying to make sense of it. You know, why did that? Why did that drought hit us? You know, why why did we why did that flood happen, you know, mm. that happened in that, that area? Why why did the crops fail? Mm. Why did why did that battle why did we Why lose did the that Philistines battle? all get piles? Do you remember that yeah. story? <laughs> oh, they were smitten with piles, weren't they? God brought piles to them. So then he's looking at us like, What are you talking about? Yeah. There's this whole story his, about yeah. the piles. So it was because they'd captured the Ark of the Covenant. Am I remembering this right? Oh, I can't remember that one. But I so, do the so, so they had to make some golden piles, some images yeah. of piles, oh, and put them right. in the Ark of the Covenant. They, had, they actually had to sculpt to weird. them, didn't they? they I would love to see those. <laughs> be quite easy to make, I would think. You might, oh, maybe one day we'll we'll dig them up. You we'll know, find the Ark of the find, Covenant, and then yeah. inside will be this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't show you that on Ark of the... Indiana Jones. He didn't find the golden piles, did he? When he opened it. No. Right. Okay. Well, we've we've been going <laughs> at an hour and twenty minutes. Um, How long are your podcasts normally? Normally an hour. Right. Um, so I'm gonna. Some bonus I think, twenty minute I think content. We're, 
we're going to bring it to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought the the point where you said how, and we have to be honest that for some people it is very difficult. You know, some some people have lots of very difficult situations when they leave, but you know the fact that you can get through it and mm-hmm. that there is actually a life out there. I think that's that's a really good message to end on. Yes, and I think you know you are. A testament to that, you know, you've done really interesting things. You've been a stand-up comedian. Mm. You're a you're a cartoonist, uh, a professional artist. Um, you, you've you know you've got a lovely wife. You 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 see your kids. Yeah. Um, you live in a lovely part of the country where you can look over fields. You know, life can be good. Yes, can't it? After, yeah, for sure. After and life's very precious too, as yeah. well. Yeah. Now I find myself as an atheist. I'm yeah. a complete and utter atheist. Yeah, me too. So, but so life's even sweeter, yeah. and I still I still understand the nebulous. I can still look at the stars yeah. and think they're amazing, and absolutely, I can admire beautiful paintings and music and all that. And life's life's sweet, good. But I do think this this life is all there is. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to make the most of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't waste time. Yeah, being in this limbo, waiting for this other event to happen, which isn't. Listen to the voices. I would say to people in the back of your mind. Yeah, great. Well, John, thank you very much. Where can people um, find your work? And if they want you to do some caricatures or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I do weddings. Yeah. Um, weddings, corporate, festivals, funeral. I've even done a funeral. Right. Draw caricatures. <laughs> <laughs> so um, search me online, John Elson okay. Artist. Google me and you'll find my Great. stuff online all over the place. Awesome. Brilliant. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Mm. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much, John. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank, thank you. you. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production.